The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. the world your lover. Oh, that's what we're here to do, my darlings. That's what we do through my online joy school at lisamacourt.com, through my newest book, Free Your Joy, The 12 Keys to Sustainable Happiness. And it's what we're going to do right here, right now together on the Do Joy podcast, where I bring you fascinating guests with powerful insights for elevating your personal vibration. Deep lasting happiness is a skill you can learn, and I'm so honored to be on this journey with you. Happy start to the fall season, darling joyful ones. The season when nature shows us how beautiful it is to just let go. Letting go of what no longer serves us is a continual practice at Joy School and here at the Do Joy Podcast. Because when you're able to gracefully gratefully even let go of things that have served their purpose in your life that's how you energetically make space for what's ready to flow in all the fresh opportunities and synchronicities and junctures for greater joy sometimes they're just log jammed because we're so unable or unaware or too afraid to let go of things that our soul knows are ripe for release so just like the trees are showing us this time of year We want to tune into the place inside us where we understand the power and grace and rightness of letting go when it's time for that. This is the work we do in Joy School, and we are accepting members right now. It's a perfect time to join us. We meet online four times every month with meeting times to accommodate different schedules, different time zones, so that we can support one another in these small group communities where we share the common intention of making life more meaningful and beautiful for ourselves and those around us. In Joy School, I teach positive psychology principles alongside ancient spiritual principles, which are more and more being validated by modern science now. So these are time-tested, proven tools for elevating the amount of joy you experience, no matter what your circumstances are, Joy is less about your circumstances than you've ever been led to believe, and joy is also the key to improving your circumstances once you understand the correlation there. All the information about Joy School, as always, can be found at lisamickcourt.com. Our meetings act as just a well that you can come to again and again to be replenished, to be nourished and filled and fortified so that you can best go out and deal with that big out there, which often seems to be just designed to deplete us energetically. 
We sometimes call it the love incubator, where you are so welcome to bring every bit of who you are and know that you'll be seen and validated and cherished right there. It's where we go deep on the practices outlined in my latest book, Free Your Joy. And you're welcome to drop in once per month to Joy School's monthly free event called Joy School Spotlight, where I spotlight different aligned guest teachers. Denise Lynn was with us last month. This month we have my amazing friend and longtime teaching partner, Robert Mack. He's an Oprah-endorsed, Ivy League-trained positive psychology expert and just a divine teacher of love and joy. He'll be this month's guest for the free online spotlight event, and there are several other upcoming opportunities to experience me and Rob teaching together that you can find at the events page at lisamacourt.com, both online and in-person events. Okay, speaking of wonderful love-based teachers, I can't wait to share with you my delightful guest for this week's episode. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is the Voice America Empowerment Show host. She's an award winning international best selling author, educator, life care coach, founder and CEO of her Center for Conscious Loving and other organizations. Her mission is to spread the message of love. We like that here at Joy School. She's a certified rehabilitation counselor who combines her educational training, which includes a PhD in rehabilitation and other counseling and psychology degrees with her career as an administrator and professor in higher education with almost a decade of service as a rehabilitation counseling practitioner and vocational expert. You've got a lot going on, my friend. What a treat to speak with you today. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I am delighted to be on your Do Joy podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thanks so much for being here. Sounds like you've got a a jam-packed schedule, so we appreciate you. (laughs) Well, thank you. I know you're quite busy as well. So bringing joy to the world. Aren't we both? Isn't that a, a mission that we can get on board with? Why not? Yes, and the world needs all the love and joy more now ever before. It's true. It's so true. And I know that that you talk about how we tell ourselves stories about love. I'd love to to dig in right there because that's something that I know the listeners can relate to. We talk about those stories a lot at Joy School. Give me some examples in your experience of what these stories are that we end up telling ourselves. Lisa, that is a wonderful question. How we feel about ourselves determines how we relate in all key life areas, spiritual, personal development, romance, health and fitness, fun, recreation, finance, social life. And Lisa, we've learned some things about ourselves that's not the truth of who we are, our faulty beliefs and expectations ingrained from family, society, institutions have resulted in many feeling unworthy. And furthermore, how we talk to ourselves. I have to be perfect. I have to overgive. I have to fit in to be accepted. I have to always be there for others, no matter what. But Lisa, worthiness is our divine birthright, and it's not dependent on outside sources. So I say that it's time for us to create a new love story. And I use the power of Sankofa from the Akan tribe in Ghana that depicted as a mythical bird with its feet pointed forward, head reaching backward, taking an egg, a fertile egg. And the analogy, Lisa, is to move forward in your life and take what's fertile. 
And Kierkegaard says, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. So we have to really reflect, examine our lives in a stellateral man and Socrates reinforced an unexamined life is not worth living. And Lisa, that might, might sound harsh, but it's true. But in order to love ourselves, we, we, we have to really dig deep into what love is and really practice loving ourselves. And then we can really love others more. That's so so beautifully articulated. Yes, I've used that Kierkegaard quote in my, my books. It's a, a really profound way to experience our, our past, to understand that our past is informing our future. And normally for most of us, not in the best ways, not in the ways most conducive to our joy. So it really is about becoming aware of this patterning and in joy school, we call it our bucket beliefs. And I know that you've explained how our personal understanding of love is based on these family hand-me-down beliefs, these societal cultural structures that might keep us in that conditioned thinking, that faulty, faulty beliefs of being unworthy and deserving, feeling devalued. Why do you think that's so widespread that, that so many of us end up with those really erroneous ways of perceiving ourselves? Well, when we come here in this lifetime, we come with our natural state of being. And I always equate like love is the diamond within us, that love is always shining. But these beliefs, you know, you have to be this way, you have to do this, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you're not enough. And over time, we're trying to constantly adapt to this personality image of ourselves to, to feel good enough. And therefore, uh, we adopt these beliefs that are bestowed upon us by culture, family, institutions, but it's really wearing us down. And at some point we realize that it's not working because you're always struggling and you never feel worthy, but it's time to really change the script and change the story, Lisa. I love that. I love that there are so many of us, it seems, who are, who are bringing this kind of messaging to people, and yet we're still very much a minority. I'm sure you're you know, aware that there, there, this isn't an understanding that seems to have filtered down into the, the public at large. And I don't know if you feel that that's just where humanity is, if humanity is moving toward a more conscious society, a more conscious understanding of our true nature as pure love and joy. We come here as love and joy. That is our divinity. That's how we land here in these human bodies. But but so many people are caught up in what you're describing, this, this cultural conditioning. And I know a lot of it comes from our parents. We try not to ever blame parents in joy school. I think parents are, are doing the best they can with their own set of limitations that they've been handed down. And so much of that I feel is, is coming from this primitive brain programming that we all still are subject to where survival used to be, you know, the utmost goal for the day. And that meant competition and hoarding resources and survival of our, our perpetuation of the species through competition over the best mates. And none of these things really have application in our Western societies where, where we are blessed with pretty much ensured survival on a day-to-day -day basis, but we're still taking cues from that old primitive 
brain programming. Do you think it's just a matter of evolution that we'll we'll get better at recognizing our worth? I think with people like you with the Do Joy podcast and authentic leaders who are out there trying to inspire us to be the truth of who we really are, for those who are ready, they'll change. But there's some who are not quite ready. But if my philosophy is each one reach one, teach one. And I think that that will help inspire love and show others. We can show others through modeling and teaching and being our true self. That's beautiful. Yeah. So these limitations, these beliefs that we kind of all get woven into our structure for how we create and live our lives. Is there any particular way that has really stood out for you for guiding your clients and navigating that dynamic and becoming the observer of it and more aware of it so we can take control of it? Yes, certainly. Uh, I must share that, you know, when you mentioned about my story uh, or, or things that were prominent in my life, I had this fleeting uh, yearning for something more. And I asked myself a series of existential questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? I was a high achiever and perfectionist, always trying to improve and prove myself under the veil of unworthiness. And I found that I really, uh, my, my definition of love was really based on my perceived worthiness from others. And I was always giving from a half <laughs> filled or empty cup. So therefore, uh, when I look at this holistic model of love, this ideal love, this recipe of love, you know, I use that as a guiding principle for my life. Lisa, many of us have this casual expression of love, these sentiments with conditions attached. I love you until you do something I do not like. And in early research, I, it was all about romantic love. And I find that many do not understand what really comprises love and what love really means, even though we are love, but have forgotten who we truly are as a result of these infiltrated faulty beliefs. So what is the real meaning of love? I uh, adopt the divinely inspired work through my research and study on the life and work of the 18th century Scottish nobleman, Henry Drummond, who was exemplary in living in love and he analyzed love in the spectrum of love, which is called the theme of love. And I adopt this as the holistic model of love, the recipe of love that includes nine ingredients, patience, kindness, humility, courtesy, unselfishness, generosity, guilelessness, good temper, sincerity. And all of these ingredients must be practiced, not one omitted like colors of a rainbow. And this takes conscious awareness, understanding to strengthen, and embody the practice of love using these ingredients first with ourselves. Lisa, love is really an inside job. And if you wish, I can elaborate on the nine ingredients uh, well, to share more about you know, yeah. how listeners can adopt those uh, ingredients and apply them uh, in their daily life. It takes a lot of practice and awareness. 
For sure. I, I love that list and I'm not familiar with the, the work of Drummond. And now I'm anxious to go look that up. I love when I get, you know, a new new teacher, a new guide to go explore. I'm almost envisioning somebody just having that that list like tattooed inside their arm because it's yes. like a hold at one time in your consciousness, right? But what a beautiful recipe. Yes, please tell us more about each of these. <laughs> yes. Uh, first of all, patience. Let's let's talk about patience. To be patient with myself, calm, not rushed in a hurry, kindness to treat myself with compassion and respect, generosity to be open, giving to myself and also giving from a place of love. That is loving yourself first. Humility to be humble, not puffed up with ego and self-importance. And Lisa, when we're humble, we can listen and receive divine guidance courtesy, to be polite to ourselves, unselfishness, to embrace all of who you are, whether you're sad, happy, have not done the right thing, make the right choice, and practice selfless service, good temper. And I love this one, to not be provoked, reactive, ill-tempered, jealous, angry, self-righteous, gallous, to not think evil of ourselves and hold evil thoughts that's reflected in negative self-talk and how we're being with ourselves. Sincerity, to adopt what is real and true, to be honest and trustworthy. And Lisa, this is divine love that teaches us how to honor and love ourselves. It's conscious loving, and it takes a lot of practice in daily life, but it brings so much contentment and joy. And I must say that uh, as a result of my six months uh, stay in Malaysia, uh, where I worked at a university, University of Science Malaysia, that journey was more than just a work assignment. During the last phases of my journey, uh, I asked my spirit, what was the real purpose of this journey? And spirit whispered, it was all about love because there I had peace, rest, engaged with priests, you know, the, uh, the communal spirit of volunteerism. And I had time to be at peace with myself. So that was kind of the highlight of this journey on love. And all of these ingredients that I'm sharing with you, I experienced those during my time in Malaysia. And then of course, Drummond's work just naturally came to me because I was like, what, what have I experienced? How do I put this in some perspective. And I did journaling while I was there. And when I returned to the States, as I really went through my journal, these ingredients applied. You know what I love about your unpacking of that list? I feel like at first blush, when you just shared the list, it almost triggered a little bit in me of, I, I like you, you also expressed earlier that you were, it sounded like you were saying a people pleaser, your worth came from what you did for others. And that was, that's how so many women in particular are conditioned, some men too, I'm sure, but I think it's especially true of women that we get this messaging that our value, our worth is in our service to those around us. And we can become so depleted from that. And I know you mentioned making sure that your cup is full and that list at first blush 
could be interpreted that way. It could be interpreted as, you know, do all of these things for the people around you. But one by one, you turned that around and you showed us that all of these principles, all of these beautiful spiritual concepts really need to be directed inward first. They need to be about filling our own cups so that we can nourish others from that overflow that just is the natural state of being when you've taken care of yourself and nourished yourself that way. So that was a beautiful unpacking of those principles. Well, thank you, Lisa. And may I share as a result of uh, teaching my class, Spirit of Love, I teach an enrichment course at Millsaps College. And what you said really was revealed in my teaching to students. And they would say, you know, I love my children. I love my husband. I love my family, but I never thought about myself. And this was an aha moment for many. And when they began practicing, they noticed changes in themselves and family members also noticed. And I shared with them to explain what was happening, share the ingredients and it truly made a difference. Yes. No, that is absolutely beautiful and, and so true. You you talk about these these stories that we we just live in. We feel stuck in them. They're based on our histories and they become these outworn patterns. Why do you think these stories are for so many people, we're blinded to them. We, we we say in joy school, it becomes the water we swim in. So we talk about <laughs> a lot, how we, we go through life with these blinders and the, the first stage in any personal growth, any higher consciousness exploration is always about taking off the blinders, right? So true. And Lisa, I think it's being unconscious, uh, holding on to habitual ways of doing things and even though uh, these habitual ways don't really bring us joy, we keep doing what we feel is comfortable and not taking the risk to change. And one of the things that one of the students in my class shared, she said, well, if I make certain changes, it's going to upset the apple cart, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm going to be become a little bit more, you know, empowered within myself and my family have become accustomed to me taking care of them. And, you know, I was like second in place. So, you know, it was uh, kind of a wake up call and she had to really think about, wow, how can I really do this and not upset the apple cart? Which is why I said, share it with your family members, what you're doing. And this could be a family practice and you all can benefit, right? Oh, for sure. I know that apple cart feeling very, very well. <laughs> It's, it's like we we grow and change and evolve throughout our lives, some of us to a more dramatic extent and more rapidly than others. And it's natural that we're going to attract into our life those who are vibrating similarly to us, those who understand our vibration, who get us, who see us. But so often family of origin has a really difficult time with that because we've been vibrating a certain way. We've been a puzzle piece that fits into the family puzzle. And when we start changing the edges on our puzzle piece, we don't fit in the way they expect us to. That can be really painful for a lot of people. I've, I've had to lose members of my family of origin in recent years because they they just would not accept that my puzzle pieces had changed and I wasn't going to be that easy to manipulate people pleaser doormat for them anymore. And I've had to stand up for my my current family because there was some some 
really uh, bad stuff going on where they couldn't accept my my acceptance of my transgender daughter and, and some other things that were going on in my family. And that can be really, really painful to lose family of origin. But I think you just spoke to that brilliantly because we we do we do need to be willing to upset the apple cart if that is the only way that we can move forward in our truth and in our, our honoring of the, the love and joy that we are at our core. Indeed. And Lisa, I can identify with you. I mean, family members said, oh, she's different. <laughs> you know, when I began to really claim, reclaim my power, uh, you know, it's, it's like I have to really live according to my higher uh, vibration of love. And of course, the risk is that people will fall away, they'll move away. But I think for me, over time, I accepted that this would happen, because if it doesn't make me feel good or feel right, uh, I have to let go and release myself. And, you know, I can share that, you know, when uh, in my past life, I attracted myself to people and situations where the theme of unworthiness continued to play out. And I became physically and emotionally, spiritually, mentally depleted. And these events catapulted me into the dark night of the soul. And through grace, I was really uh, divinely gifted with that trip to Malaysia. So I, I think now for me, I accept that people will fall away and I bless them. I love them from a distance and, you know, I wish them well. Oh, I feel you, sweet sister. Same, same. Absolutely. And, and yeah, that's what I love about your work. And people think it's, it's selfish, this pursuit of, of joy and, and happiness. And it really is the most unselfish thing that we can do. We can't, we can't, uplift others until we are taking care of ourselves and, and learning those things. And I always say overgivers are going to attract overtakers. That's that's how the puzzle pieces <laughs> match, right? So I love that. <laughs> until we can learn to to pull back a little bit on that overgiving, we're not going to be able to attract those equal partnerships and friendships and love that we all crave and and that nourish us and help us grow. Yeah, and Lisa, Lisa, uh, in order to give love, we have to possess love. And that's what we don't understand. I can't give or overgive from an empty, depleted cup. Or as you indicated, people say it's selfish. But if I don't possess love myself, use myself as an example to strengthen and embody the practice of love for myself, I cannot give wholeheartedly because what happens? You become resentful. Wow, I did this for you and you're not uh, doing something for me. It becomes more transactional right. and conditional. Good word for it. Yes, absolutely. Nobody, nobody benefits from that. Nobody's enjoying those interactions. For sure. Not the giver or the receiver. Absolutely. So I love how you talk about that it's time to create a new love story. In every episode, I like to give my listeners something that they can, some practical nugget that they can hold in their heart or put into practice in their lives. Is there any part of creating this new love story that you could recommend that listeners go and, and bring into their day-to-day? -day? Sure. First of all, we have to become consciously aware of how we are being with ourselves. We have to, um, what can I say, have the power or realize that we have to change the script 
and change the story. And we can begin by adopting the holistic model of love, applying it to your daily life. You can use the power of Sankofa, uh, depicted as that mythological bird with his feet pointed forward, head turned backward, reaching for the fertile egg, which means take what is fertile, look back upon your life, take what is fertile to move forward and uh, engage in self-reflection. Give yourself time to ask yourself some critical questions. How am I feeling? Does this feel right to me? And be willing to take the steps to change. You know, anchoring in the power of love and reclaiming our power is essential, Lisa, in creating our new love story. And then, of course, looking at those beliefs, those beliefs that we held that are not the truth of who we really are. I love this image of looking back at our life for what is fertile. And do you find also, I just want to make sure listeners have a really clear idea about what that is. You also find that those challenges that we've overcome, those things that we did not want to experience, that when we were in the thick of it, we would say, I would never have created this on purpose. My consciousness could not have created this, that sometimes those are actually the the richest, best moments that we can look back and see that those were the fertile moments where we were deepened, deepened in our compassion for the pain of the world, which is one, one thing that that really can enrich us in, in so many ways. I feel like those things that we didn't want that we considered our unwanted circumstances can be those fertile pieces that we take, take forward when we write the right story around it, when we've, we've changed the the flavor of it, because sometimes it goes the other way too, right? Where the challenges are the things that harden us, that close down our heart. And so it's really about rewriting those stories and seeing the opportunities in those. Can you speak to that? Oh, of course. I must share that everything is a benefit, the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> yeah, in my book, uh, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, in my introductory chapter, I shared my love story using the power of Sankofa, uh, Kierkegaard, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. And as I looked back upon my life from my childhood forward, there were many revelations and it took time for me to review and process my life. It was painful and joyful but I had to be gentle with myself, Lisa. I learned so much about myself with the profound awareness and understanding. And, you know, it wasn't easy looking back. And what happened, I was able to connect the dots. Not only that, but I had a spiritual friend uh, who had been with me throughout the course of my life. And I would call her and we share bits and pieces and she kind of highlights certain things. So sometimes it's helpful to have that support person whom you trust to really maybe go through certain experiences. And there were some times that I had to just take a break. Sometimes I cried <laughs> and I had to take a break and I said, I have to come back and process this and then begin again. So it took me quite a while to create my new love story. Wow. 
All right. So this is, this is going to be a pretty significant home play y'all. This is what we call it when we, when I explain these things for them to take into their lives, but, but I'm going to suggest that as the home play to do this sort of life review. Jean Marie, do you have any like specific instructions for that? Or is that sort of a, however you feel into it organically, it sounds like a journal would be a good, good tool for this. And then just going through and do you, do you do it linearly with different dates or do you just see what emerges as the significant moments of your life? Well, that's a great question, Lisa. When I engage in this, I'm a writer <laughs> and I'm a fluid writer. And I, as I started, I, I first kind of began with childhood and kind of, you know, jot, I, I, you know, jotted down certain things and, you know, my adolescent life, my adult life, young adult life. And, you know, these were kind of like an outline for high points. But then as I uh, look back on each phase of my life, I just fluidly wrote. And, you know, I'm an avid writer. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, what happened as I wrote, memories would come back. Some that were forgotten. <laughs> some that were forgotten and uh it enabled me to you know reflect and it's like gosh I didn't remember that so again I think being gentle with yourself and you can set kind of an outline but really flow with it and be fluid with it and I love what you said about journaling because I did keep a journal as I began to write my love story to connect the dots and I would go back and look at significant points. And I, I even highlighted, okay, these were significant milestones in my life. But I realized even achieving those milestones and goals, there was something missing, Lisa. You know, there was something missing and there was a yearning that I had to really come home to my true self. It was beyond the fleeting moments of pleasure or hey, you've accomplished your degrees, you've done this, you've done that. I had my tick list, but I was always saying something is missing, but it was a true yearning to come home to who I truly am. And that is joy and that is love. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Okay, y'all, this is a meaty home play, but if you're up for it, if you're not just a lurker here at the Do Joy podcast, but you're doing that home play every episode, do this, do this life review. We talk a lot here about how we're always overlaying our past onto the future energetically. We're always taking our assumptions and definitions and beliefs about how it be here, how life be. We're always taking that energy and overlaying it onto what we're creating as our future going forward. This is an opportunity to take control of that energy. This is looking back and seeing where have I been subscribing to beliefs based in these events that have happened in my life that are really not serving me going forward. How can I change up the perspective? We we have an exercise in Joy Scope where we, we make a belief a statue and we walk around the statue. I've been looking at it from over here and all I'm seeing is this side of the statue. What if I were to walk around the statue? This is your opportunity to walk around mm. events that have shaped you, find a different perspective, find where it was for your growth, for your evolving somehow, so that the energy that you bring from your past and overlay onto your future is a more positive, open, energetic way to allow that joy and love that we're all craving that homecoming to who we truly are at our core. Let that be your home play. Mm, Lisa, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> 
I love, I love how you put it too. Perfect. So you, you've overcome some challenges. It sounds like. Yes. Yes, I have. And I would like to share that the holistic model of love, those nine ingredients, even though we're looking back and, you know, kind of analyzing and reflecting on our life, the holistic model of love helps us be present with ourselves. And I have to look at, okay, am I being patient with myself in the moment? And if I'm, I'm not, I become more aware of that and I can shift and bring myself you know, into the present, if I'm reflecting on something from the past or worried about the future, those ingredients help me be present with myself, patient with myself in the moment. But Lisa, I love to share my challenges. As I indicated, I was a high achiever, a perfectionist, always trying to improve and prove myself. But under the veil of perfectionism was unworthiness. And, it, you know, I, again, as I indicated, I was an overgiver, people pleaser, sacrificed myself at my own expense, became depleted. And I, for me, you know, one day I looked at myself in the mirror. I was 120 pounds, you know, just had overgave. I wasn't feeling good. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, God, please help me. I looked in the mirror at myself and I had this vision of my childhood where my, my grandmother raised me and I had this, she would kiss me on the forehead when she would uh, go to work and I would run and look at this uh, lipstick uh, stain print on my forehead and I was just, I would just feel so good. I wouldn't take it off. And then I looked at myself in the now, depleted, fragile, and I surrendered and I said, God, please help me. Please help me. And that was you know, as a result of that depletion that catapulted me into the dark night of the soul, where I, it was live or die. A reader told me, if you don't get it together, you're not going to last. You're not going to be here. And that was shocking. And again, being gifted with that trip to Malaysia really saved my life. It was a divine gift. So uh, that's kind of the story and overcoming through love, I think that's the point. Overcoming challenges with through the power of love, reclaiming your power, you know, keeping your own cup filled with your own love. And as Buddha said, you as much as anybody in the entire universe deserve your own love. And I was looking for love in all the wrong places outside of me, right? If I give to you, you would love me. If I please you, you know, you would care for me. And that was not true. That was a faulty belief that I had to share. But the dark night of the soul made me realize it was live or die. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I definitely understand where you're coming from there. Whew, and now you are a queen of nurturing and caring for the self. And we are so glad that you are out there encouraging everyone to do that, because I think a lot of us need that message. Tell the listeners all the ways that they can keep up with you and find you. I know you've got a million things going on. Yes, uh, I am so happy to share that. Well, again, I'm the Voice America World Talk Radio Empowerment Show host for Love Light. We brought, I broadcast live on Fridays, and the shows are on demand. Uh, uh, 
listeners tune in worldwide and guests join me from around the world. And Lisa, you're going to be joining me on the show as well. So we have a variety of interesting episodes. There's something for everyone to empower your life with love and create the life you love. And also my website's uh, uh, Dr. Jean Marie Ferris, ConsciousLoving.com or JeanFerrisJourney.com. There are a plethora of articles that I have on my uh, website. Uh, I, I write for Savannah East, like articles on conscious loving, four steps to living and loving wholeheartedly. What does it take to truly dwell in love? The power of a new chapter. You can go to the website and find those articles. And I have a YouTube channel, Love Like Living, and every day I post videos uh, for insights on love and practice. And I also have a love practice exercises on the blog pages of my website. So, you know, you can find my books, uh, uh, just all kinds of information and resources on my website. But tune in to Voice America. You can key in my name, Voice America Love Light. Shows are listed. Uh, uh, upcoming shows, previous shows, and you can just click on and listen now to any show that uh, uh, suits your pleasure. I love that so much. You know what I love about that? I, I love how you claimed that you had been an overachiever. I can I can feel you there in some ways. <laughs> And and then you you listed all the things you're doing now, which so so sounds like oh overachiever, but it's so different. I can tell in your vibration. I can tell in the way you describe it that it's just for love of the message. Now you are just doing you in a way that feels so fulfilled and right, and it's all just for love of the message and love of the journey, and that's what makes all the difference. So thank you for being that bright bright light that you are, Lisa. Thank you so much. You are truly a shining bright light as well as you spread the message of joy. Aww, thank you. <laughs> and we love you listeners. And thank you for spending this time with us. Go look up Dr. Jean Marie. She is fabulous as you can tell. And I will be with you in a few weeks. Much love. Deepest gratitude and love to you, my beautiful listener tribe, with representation in 30 countries all across the globe. I'm so honored to spend this time with you. If you're wondering about my online events, my books, joining my Joy School community, all of that is waiting for you at lisamccourt.com. I look forward to connecting with you there. Much love. connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, 
then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.